0: I think that's about the best I've ever heard your choir And I mean, you always do great But man, y'all have just done fantastic last couple nights And and appreciate my family coming last night And I sure miss them tonight But the Lord knows And uh, pray for them there in Bible College All but Miss Rebecca And uh, so uh, pray for them She's got the grandbaby And she's mad about that, you know And and was it Sarah? Is that right? Sarah? Man, Sarah How old are you, Sarah? Sixteen I'll tell you something, Sarah, I didn't start playing the piano until I was 15, so you, you know what, I didn't play near that good at 16, so <laughs> proud of that, isn't that good, amen, that's a blessing, stay, stay at it, fall in love with it, amen, and I love seeing God giving young people their talents, amen, I love that, and I'm wrestling with God again tonight, I got three outlines, and uh, and and two of them I want to preach, and, uh, and, and one of them God wants me to preach, so y'all want me to follow God, Hey, man, I need to follow the Lord tonight And I, I'm telling you, I, I'm wrestling uh, but, the, but the Lord knows what we need tonight Go to the book of Luke tonight, chapter number 9 I, I got a couple honey sticks I want to preach <laughs> I'm telling you oh, But it's what the Lord wants And and I always want to mind Him I, I know last night I had something I wanted to preach And God told me to preach what I did And He blessed that And I'm going to go with God Somebody say Amen, amen. I love coming to Calvary Baptist Church. I love being here. I love you folks. I hope y'all know that's not just something I say because uh, y'all have invited me to come. I really genuinely love the church and the family, the uh, pastor's family that's here. And uh, want to be a help and a blessing. And I've been given strict orders tonight for Miss Rebecca to behave myself. <laughs> She said you had enough junk last night Don't have any tonight Because you got plenty last night That'll run over into the night So I'll try not to be silly Amen Let's go to the word of God Luke chapter number 9 And also I'm going to go to 1 Corinthians 9 Let's stand for the reading of God's word Luke chapter number 9 This is revival And uh, this is uh, Boy it's been good these two nights Thank you preacher I mean that For letting me come I don't take it for granted And uh, I was looking over the last couple of days The times I preached here And what I preached And and uh, man, it's just been an honor to be here numerous times, and I thank y'all for that. And uh, what a blessing. Y'all always just make me feel welcome. I mean that, and uh, take good care of us. I appreciate that. I just can't. Now, some places I go preach, I'm like, Lord, if, if they call back, let the number come up that I know that number. And I know y'all would not ever do anything like that, but I always answer and I always go. So quit put your halo off your head. I always go, but there's just some places that it's. it's I endure it. You know what? You've been there. And uh, you just didn't do it. But this place is one I'm like, two nights, man. Let's go five weeks, amen. 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 I'd, I'd probably die and go to heaven if I preached here five weeks because I'm telling him, two nights, I, my body's already wore out from last night. But man, it's been good. Luke chapter number 9 and uh, verse number 62. And then we'll go to 1 Corinthians chapter number 9 as well. And you pray for me tonight. And Jesus said unto him, No man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. No man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Now go to 1 Corinthians chapter number 9 and verse number 9. 1 Corinthians 9 and verse number 9. For it is written in the law of Moses, thou shalt not muzzle the mouth of the ox that treadeth out the corn. In other words, he's talking about the man of God. You ought to be good to your man of God in your prayers, in your amen. And you ought to you ought to pray for your preacher. You ought to protect your preacher. You ought to preach your preacher. Y'all know what that means, right? When he's up, man, and smile at him. Lift your hand. Y'all, you say, I don't like our preacher. I'll tell you how to get rid of your preacher. This coming Sunday when Brother Pope gets up to preach Have a shouting spell He'll fall over dead with a heart attack (laughs) Y'all get that on your way home tonight Preach your preacher Then pay your preacher Bible said don't muzzle the ox don't muzzle the mouth of the ox that treadeth out the corn doth God take care for oxen and simply that means when that ox was going around that meal they would not muzzle those oxen God said don't muzzle them ox they're treading it out they're working hard for that grain if they want to reach down and grab a little of it let them have it that's what it means that preacher he's full time preacher and this church is his income be good to the man of God I promise you this I promise you this, God will be good to this church in relation to how you treat that preacher. I'm not preaching that tonight, but it would preach. And if if y'all give me some of them looks, I might just preach on that a while, amen. Thou shalt not muzzle the mouth of the ox that treadeth out the corn. Doth God take care for oxen? Or saith he it altogether for our sakes? For our sakes no doubt this is written, that he that ploweth should plow in hope. And he that thresheth in hope should be partaker of his hope. If we've sown unto you spiritual things, is it a great thing if we shall reap your carnal things? There it is, you see it. For if others be partakers of this power over you, are not we rather? Nevertheless, I mean Walmart gets you money. That's what it means If others be partakers of this power over you Are not we rather Nevertheless we have not used this power But suffer all things Lest we should hinder the gospel of Jesus of of Christ In other words a real preacher Will not take advantage of his church Somebody say amen right there There's responsibility brother Pope on our end To be honest in our dealings with the people That we pastor But there's also responsibility on your end When he says don't do it Do it anyway Now y'all was with me last night And I done got to talking about paying the preacher And some of y'all getting quiet Be good to the preacher I hope Pastor Appreciation Month is not passed Without y'all letting him know As collectively and individually How much he means to you You might have to go to Walmart 24 hour Walmart tonight Get you a card and, and post date it And give it to him tomorrow night Amen Amen. I'm, I'm doing alright October 31st tomorrow night is your last chance If you ain't already told him you love him You need to let him know it Amen I'm preaching good Now you can be seated I'm interested in the plow tonight You ever heard anybody say Plow it preacher Plow it That's scriptural that's scriptural. The Bible teaches here if a man puts his hand to the plow and looks back, he's not fit for the kingdom of God. And the Bible says here that that we uh, should plow in hope. And I've been studying, uh, did a study on the word of God uh, in the past uh, Maybe about a year and a half ago And and uh, preached a series at the church About 30-35 sermons on the word of God And we dealt with it in all different facets And and one of the ways we looked at it About 10 or 12 sermons Was metaphorically I looked at the word of God Because the Bible refers to itself uh, Metaphorically y'all, y'all know what I mean by that Where there's pictures And and uh, illustrations Something that is an earthly illustration That gives a heavenly tree. Jesus was a great uh, Metaphor preacher Jesus was a great uh, Figurative preacher You say why do you say that Those parables that you find in the gospel He would take something very simple And bring about a great divine truth with it And so I preached on the word of God As a seed Uh, I preached on the word of God as rain I preached on the word of God as honey I preached on the word of God as a sword Uh, Let's see milk Meat Uh, I'm trying to think of all a hammer man the word of God's a hammer it'll break some things up oh the word of God is also a fire oh the word of God is also light but tonight I want to preach on this thought the word of God as a plow the word of God as a plow now I'm probably going to have to explain to everybody under 25 years old what a plow is Amen, because I got news for you. If, if McDonald's and Walmart ever go out of business, this young generation, they're going to starve to death. Amen. This generation don't have no land, and if they did have land, Brother Looney, they wouldn't know what to do with it. I'm glad my daddy taught me how to put something in the ground and, and nourish it and grow it and harvest it. And By the way, this is the harvest revival, so I'm on track. Anybody know what plowing is tonight? I bet some of you old enough, you plowed with a mule before. Who's going to admit that? There's somebody back there. Oh, yeah, a few of you in here plowed with a mule. And uh, I, I'm telling you, I know what it is. I love to plow a garden, love to have a garden, and I know what that plow is. And, and I want to look at the Word of God. Hold your Bible up right now. Hold that book up. Everybody look at that book. Think of that book. As that plow behind that tractor or that plow behind that team of horses, uh, that book right there is a plow. And the preacher is to take the plow of God's word and he's to do a work for God. I want to give you a few things tonight. Stay with me. Write it down if you want to. Number one, I want to show you the purpose of a plow. What is the Purpose of a plow. Go to Hosea chapter number 10. That's in the Old Testament. Hosea chapter number 10 and verse number 12. This is a very familiar verse of scripture that, that we know well and I love it. It says sow to yourselves in righteousness reap in mercy break up your fallow ground that simply means plow it up. Break up your fallow ground for it is time to seek the Lord till He come and rain righteousness upon you. Let's read it again. Sow to yourselves in righteousness. Reap in mercy. Break up your fallow ground. For it is time to seek the Lord until he come and rain righteousness upon you. How many of you want the rain on Calvary Baptist Church? We know what the rain is a picture of. It's a picture of the power of God. It's a picture of the Spirit of God. It's a picture of the blessings of God. Showers of blessings. We sing that song. We know what the rain is. I'm telling you, I like what the preacher said. I'm glad uh, that we're in a place tonight that it's not dry and dusty. I've been in those services. I've been in those revival meetings. Ain't it good to be around a place where the power of God is evident and people's got joy in their heart and a spring in their step and tears in their eyes. You you say why I preach because it's been raining around here It's been raining around here. Why, even we have a song we sing in the church and y'all probably sang it here before heard it sung. Send the rain, send the fire. And uh, boy, that rain is a type of the blessings of God. I look across the way over there and see that new building and I know y'all are excited and ready to be in it. I know what it is to be in a building program in the anticipation of getting it. Hey, if if there's ever gonna be a blessing over there, if there's ever gonna be a harvest over there, if there's ever gonna be a rain over there, it's gonna take. It's gonna take the preacher sticking with the plow. Amen, that's right. Sow to yourselves in righteousness. Reap in mercy. Break up your fallow ground. That word fallow. Now somebody told me tonight, I said, preacher, one thing about last night. You need a little more enthusiasm. (laughs) Y'all wanna know why I preach so fast? If I preached as slow as Joel Osteen, we'd be here four hours. Turn in your Bibles to the book of Luke. No, I can't preach like that. I'm telling you, I got too much to say. I got to get with it, amen. And uh, you know what that word fallow means? The word fallow means that ground that is neglected, that ground that has not been touched. That ground that's growed up and weeded over and and you know it's just been sitting there and there's thorns and there's thistles and there's briars and and all types of, uh, of, of junk really is what it is and how sad it is this evening that in a lot of churches and in a lot of communities they don't have a preacher. They don't have a man of God oh, that's plowing it the way it should be. Hey, you ought to thank God for the times that the man of God plows your tater patch. Amen. Break up your fallow ground for it's time to seek the Lord till he come and rain righteousness upon you. So what's the purpose of a plow, preacher? It's a harvest. The whole point of getting out there and moving that dirt is because you want to prepare that soil so you can reap something out of it. God wants us to have a harvest. I am so tired of this generation of churches and preachers that are satisfied and complacent. We are the Laodicean church. We are rich, increased with goods, and have need of nothing. That's what we say. But really, truly, we're destitute. We're blind. We're naked. We're poor. We're not seeing the blessings of God. If you want to see a great, hey, you've already seen a great harvest, but it's time to break it up again. It's a continuous cycle. Every year we, we plow in the spring and we plant and then we cultivate and we nourish and we water and we fertilize and then praise God we get to go pick squash off of the vine. Somebody say man, Oh, there ain't nothing like fried squash in the summertime. Woo! I don't know how y'all fix it. You might fix it the liberal way but I fix it the conservative way. Cornmeal and flyer come on now put a little cornmeal and flour in there amen and fry it hard glory to God where it crunches a little on the outside man I'm about to get in the spirit in case y'all ain't figured it out in two nights I really like to eat half of my sermons about food amen but there's nothing like having a garden and picking that fresh sweet corn and picking those uh, green beans and, and having that uh, uh, them potatoes roll out of the ground and, and cucumbers, a uh, refrigerator of cucumbers. How many of y'all like them? Oh, glory to God. I mean, it's just great. But you'll never have the harvest if you don't allow the man to tear through the field. We, want, we got a generation right now, preacher, they want the harvest, but they don't want anybody changing stuff. We want our church to be blessed, but preacher, don't be coming in here and Moving that dirt and shoving that dirt And plowing that dirt Somebody to preach her. God wants us to have a harvest But we're having harvest in this generation That are carnal and fleshly Because we've shut the ox down We've muzzled the ox We've told the ox don't come this way Don't plow this way Don't bring it this way But if you want a spiritual harvest You're going to have to have a spiritual plow Plowing involves breaking. Yes. That speaks of humility. Yeah. Your preacher will humble you sometimes. Every now and again, if he's doing his job, you'll have a hard time saying amen. Right. Oh, I'm getting ready to put some grease where it squeaks tonight. If you ever hear your preacher say, are y'all listening to me? Are y'all hearing me? That means y'all that he's hit a stunt. Are y'all getting this? That means he's hit a little slow point where y'all are looking at him funny. You were waving at him when he was talking about grace. You were waving at him when he was talking about the love of God. But when he gets down there and starts plowing where you've been neglecting it, I'm going to tell you something. Look up here. I'm going to let you on a secret. I say amen even when I'm guilty. That's right, brother I say amen, even when I'm guilty, because I don't want the preacher to know he's on my tater patch. <laughs> hey, man. Amen. Hallelujah, that's right. Hey, you, 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 you're giving yourself up. You're telling on yourself when you when you make them faces when he's preaching. He don't have a clue. He's just going on what the Holy Ghost said. Well, go ahead and shout him on, he'll thank you the most spiritual member in the church. Amen. Mm-hmm. Listen to what Jeremiah said in chapter 4 verse 3 For thus saith the Lord to the men of Judah and Jerusalem Break up your fallow ground And s- sow not among the thorns We got a generation right now They just they just throwing seed out Hoping it's going to grow up And most of the time it gets choked out Because the ground is not what it needs to be We wonder why our sowing and efforts Are not what they need to be We need the plow That's the purpose of the plow Amen Number two let me show you this The process of the plow. Now here's what I know from farming and growing up on a farm and and here's what I know about plowing. The plow is the very first piece of equipment that you pick up. It's the very first one that you hook up to that three-point hitch. It's the very first tool that you go through the field with. Hey, come on now. Y'all hearing what I'm preaching? It's the very first thing in the process of the harvest, in the process, the process of the plow is the plow is first. It means this, the plow has preeminence. There's no need to plant. There's no need to hoe. There's no need to water. There's no need to fertilize. And you sure ain't gonna go pick anything until the plow gets dropped first. Well, somebody ought to hear the preacher. You say, What are you saying? If you want a harvest at Calvary Baptist Church, right here's the preeminent. This is the preeminence. This is first place. This is what's got to be number one. You say, well, I'll tell you what makes our church good, it's because we got a good women's group. Nope. I know what makes our church good is the singing. Nope. I know what makes Calvary Baptist Church. It's the bus ministry. That's what makes it up. Everybody look up here. The preeminent place of the harvest is when that preacher right there takes that plow. This has got to be first. We are living in a generation when we are trying all types of alternatives. Uh, We've got churches that shouldn't even be called churches going to fog machines and laser lights and dancing on the platform. Hey, God instituted preaching. It's by the foolishness of preaching that the job will still get done. That plow has preeminence. God, help us not to let the word of God have its proper place in the church. Every decision, every ministry, every trouble, every problem. Right here, the plow goes first. Let me help you. Let's get this on a family level. You family's in here, you want a blessing? You need to put the word of God as preeminent in your life. You individuals, you want God to give you a harvest? Put the word of God first. The plow goes first. It's a process of the plow. It has the preeminence. You can have the best singing, best programs, most beautiful buildings, but the plow has to have first place. Now, there's also something in the word of God. Now, you country folk like me, y'all gonna laugh when I say this, but this is the proper terminology. There's also in the word of God what's called a harrow. And that's the pronunciation that is correct. Yes, but if your country and was raised on a farm like me, it's called a har. Yeah. But really and truly, if you're a sissy, Yankee, it's harrow. Oh, right. Anybody ever pulled a disc behind the tractor? Yeah. Yeah. And you go and find you a big old 10-foot telephone pole? Yeah. Yeah. And you call it a what? A disc har. And what you're doing is you're turning that ground, but that har, or harrow, is coming behind it and smoothing it out. Now, that's in this generation. That's how we do it. But let's, let's, let's go back to the Bible days. The harrow in the Bible, Brother Pope, was nothing more than a hoe. And what it's teaching is that they would take those oxen and take those animals and they would pull. The first person would go through with the plow, and then there would be a group of workers behind the plow with harrows or hars, and they'd be chopping up the clods that the plow left. Right there's the one with the plow. There ain't no need for y'all to get your hoe out and run up in front of the preacher. What you need to do... What you need to do, come on preacher, come on plow Get up here with me, go ahead and start plowing And you get in behind the preacher Come on, You get in behind the preacher And as he's plowing You knock all the clods apart so That's what it means when you put your hand up When you say amen, when you say I'm with you preacher Stand on the word preacher Preach on preacher We're with you preacher That's what you're doing Every now and again, I know he looks nice. But that man can drop the plow. I've heard him do it. And a lot of times when he... Let me talk to you all a second. One year, I was going to have a garden. And I went out there with my tractor and I plowed it up. And then I got busy. That year, I preached 11 straight weeks of revival in the spring. And I plowed everything up. And every week, Mister Rebecca would say... When you gonna dish that? When you gonna tear that up? I can't do it this week. I gotta go such such. And the next week, when you gonna tear that? And, and next thing you know, that stuff growed all over the place. And it's so hilly and bumpy. When I tried to get out there and tried to do something with it, was a whole lot worse than if, when it was just uh, freshly plowed. If I'd have got out there and started tearing it up, then it would have just fell right in place. Every now and again, that preacher's gonna come in this pulpit, and he's gonna move some stuff and when he starts turning it over at first it may not look so good at the first, you'll say, "Well, he's done come through our field and made the biggest mess I've ever seen." Come on now, y'all! Hear, I'm preaching good. I'm about to enjoy my own preach. That preacher'll come in. He'll start moving things, kicking things, slapping things, hitting things, and you're like, "Man, he's done messed the field up!" Now, ain't time for you to start complaining about what he's moved? Get your harrow out and get him behind the preacher and start chopping up the clods. Amen That's the process Number three The penetration of the plow The penetrating power Of the word of God See on my tractor I got this little doohickey Back there I can turn right around Do like that And that front of that plow I can turn it down like that And I can pull it up And boy you, you can find the perfect spot where it just rolls that dirt over. I mean, it's a beauty. I love plowing. Somebody say amen. amen. Carnally and spiritually, I love plowing. Yep. Ain't nothing like fresh smell of plowed dirt. Yep. My little girl that was here last night, she ain't little no more. She get married in April. God help me and God help that boy if I don't kill him before then. <laughs> that little girl, at the youngest age, she's barely able to get outside with me. As soon as I got the garden plowed, She had her shoes off and she is out there in that dirt every time. And she'll tell you to this day, she loves the smell of that fresh plowed dirt. Oh, somebody ought to hear that. Is anybody in here tonight that when the preacher turns the dirt and plows the field, ain't nothing like hearing a man of God. Ain't nothing like that aroma. Ain't nothing like that spiritual sensation of knowing your preacher is moving the things. But I can turn that thing, and I can make it go deeper, where that tractor go pop, 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 and I'll have to yank her down and put her in a lower gear. Pop, 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 Absolutely rends the dirt. I don't know what's got into Brother Pope. Why he just ripped right through the whole church today. That's what he's supposed to do. Why he cut us to shreds. What he's supposed to do. I wouldn't give you a plug nickel for a preacher that didn't offend me every now and again. I ain't believe you, brother Jeremy. You've always been so sweet and kind when you've come. Y'all've had me at magnify. This is a revival. It's a different animal, man. I'm trying to help the church. Oh, that preacher—he cut me, he ripped me, he plowed right through me. Yeah, that's what he's supposed to do. It penetrates. The Bible said it was is Hebrews four twelve. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged piercing. That book will pierce. It'll cut it, And what's the dirt? We're made of dirt. The Bible tells us we're made of the dust of the earth. And you're nothing but dirt and I'm nothing but dirt. And every now and again we need the plow to penetrate in our life and turn some things over. Oh, yes, we do. That earth is a type of two things, the world and the flesh. And there ain't nothing like that plow right there that can pierce deep into that hardened soul and get the world turned upside down and the flesh turned inside out. Somebody hearing the preacher, I tell you something else. When I was a boy, my grandpa he was a farmer. My daddy he liked to farm, and grandpa owned about 150 acres. And he was—I wish you I could have met my grandpa. He was just awesome. He was five foot seven, 350 pounds. That's the truth. He's chubby. He liked to eat. My grandma was a cook, and he ate everything she fixed. He was so chubby and short that you could roll him or walk him, and he'd get there just as quick. <laughs> he's a big old boy. But he's a worker. He's stronger than all of us. We'd have arm wrestling contests. My grandpa over there, 65 years old, boom, he'd be nailing all of it. Boom, boom, he'd throw our arms down, almost rip your elbow out of joint. I mean, it was just rough. I seen him one day, he was working on an old mule, and that mule got mad and kicked him right in the chest. I mean, both feet, boom, picked him. I'm 350 pounds, picked him off the ground. He fell back, jumped right back up, slapped that mule, and kept on working. (laughs) He had 150 acres. He was an old horse trader. He'd go find an old horse, that was half dead or a cow that was half dead or a mule that's half dead. Give them five dollars. I mean, just they wanted somebody to take it off their hand, take it home, put it in the fence, love it, feed it, take care of it, and then go sell it for $150, $200, 300 dollars dollars I mean, to make money like that. He's just good at it. And I remember we'd go out there and we'd plow and we'd work. And Daddy and Grandpa, you know, they they's on the tractor. And you know what me and Andy had to do? All right, boys, we're getting ready to plow this ground, dish this ground, get in behind the tractor. There's going to be all kinds of stuff out here we need you to pick up. And as they were going walk down through there and that dirt was a rolling, we'd just find them big old rocks and chunking them out. And we'd find big old roots and throw it out. And every now and again, they'd, they'd unearth Jimmy Hoffman. We'd have to throw him out. I mean, all kinds. <laughs> you'd find all types of stuff. I'll never forget me and Andy we'd get, we'd get sidetracked finding arrowheads and things like that you know in the dirt and, and, and daddy behind, hey we gotta get that junk out of there hey look up here when the preacher starts plowing there'll be stuff that was under that'll come to the surface I think that's why a lot of preachers don't like to plow they want everybody just soothed oh we can't rough with any feathers and if I start preaching like that you know it might come to the surface that's what you need you need to get all that junk out of your life you know why dad said get behind the tractor And throw that junk out of the field He knew that the harvest would be hindered If all those rocks and that trash And those roots and that glass And different things were in there He knew the harvest would not be as plenteous With all that junk Hey Calvary Baptist Church do you want a harvest When the man of God starts plowing Start throwing the junk out of your life And say I want God to bless me yeah, Even if he comes and touches Your favorite little pet sin throw it out of the field. Number four. Not only the purpose of the plow and the process of the plow and the penetration, notice this, the pain of the plow. Uh, We got these sissified air-conditioned heated uh, uh, tractors nowadays. What's up with that? These men and these big old tractors and Got the heat rolling in the winter and the A.C. rolling in the summer. Country boy cancer vibe playing on the radio. I don't know about all that stuff. I'll tell you this, you go back 100 years ago, it sure wasn't like that. I like going up to Pennsylvania to the Amish country. Seeing them Anybody ever been to the Amish country? You ain't lived till you went up there and just rode around and rode around. I love it. And uh, I love going up there and seeing them teams of horses and they're working. That's work. That's the pain of the plow. I'll tell you what about a plow. you got to remember when this was written, this was not. He, listen, Paul wasn't writing uh, to preachers that had combines and AC tractors and heated tractors and cushiony, springy seats in them. Oh, and, and power steering. No. Press a button, it drops the mower off. Press another button. some And front end loaders, hydraulics. No, it didn't have none of that. They had a team of oxen or a team of horses and they swept. Yes. And it ain't easy to be a plow boy. It ain't easy to plow. Everything years ago had to be worked by hand or worked by animals. And preacher uh, uh, being a preacher of the gospel, it's not an easy task. I have young men come up to me all the time, preachers the Lord's dealing with me preaching. I say, run! Yeah. What? Yeah, I do. Yes, I discourage them. I, I've made some mad. Chris Collins, y'all ought to ask Chris sometime. He, he, he got plum mad at me. One of our young men in the church of preaching, he said, I'm telling you, he didn't help me a bit. I'd go to him and he'd, he wouldn't help me none. He's ugly to me. Yeah, that's right, because you know what? If you can do anything else, do it. I can't. I listen. My son preaching now, and he's doing a great job. But honestly, preacher, I didn't want him to be a preacher. I knew that what a ta- the taxing, I knew the pain of it. I knew the the betrayals that sometimes you have to deal with. I knew what the, the. Don't ever say your preacher only works a day and a half a week. Now my blood pressure just went up. Don't ever say that you're preacher. That man right there is on call twenty four seven. And when he's not out visiting and studying He's got you on his heart You cannot comprehend Unless you've been in a pulpit And been a pastor You cannot comprehend the burden See him and his wife They got burdens They worry about their own children Worry about their own grandchildren Worry about their own finances Worry about their own health But guess what else? Look around He's got all of y'all He thinks about you He prays for you He is encouraged and discouraged by your life Oh yeah, it's not an easy thing There's pain in plowing And then you know what Sometimes you gotta get up and preach something And you know when you preach it You know the minute the service is over Somebody's gonna be in their car Telling their wife I can't believe he said that You know when you preach it They're gonna have preacher pudding For dessert at lunch You know it, but you got to call a God. And you got to go ahead and preach it. you got to go ahead and stand on it. It's the pain of it. Because, see, today we're living in a day. And I'm going to tell you, I've been in this thing long enough to see a difference what it was when I started and what it is now. I've been pastoring 21 years. And I'm telling you, people today are more calloused and more uh, unconcerned and less committed than any day I've ever seen. Let me tell you, one of the most discouraging things you can do to this preacher is show up only when you want to show up. One of the, you say, I can't sing, I can't preach, I can't teach. Anybody can come find their chair and sit in it. That'd be the greatest encouragement to Brother Pope is anything that I can know of it was, or you just to come through that back door every Sunday morning, right. Sunday night, right. Wednesday night, revival night, visitation, every single thing. Just be here, amen. amen. Yeah. Mm. We had 177 Sundays. Sunday before last, we had 135. Sunday before that, we had 172. Sunday before that, we had 125. Drives me crazy. Last Sunday, not this Sunday, but last Sunday, on all Sundays to do it, Pastor Appreciation Sunday, we had 59 church members that were not at church. Now, it done. got quiet in here right now. Plow. I'm a-turning the soil right now. Did y'all hear that? Fifty-nine church members. I'd have had two hundred and four that Sunday if everybody had just been in their place. And I know, (laughs) I don't know how I got off on all that, but it's God. I believe in taking a little time off every now and again, but dear God, not every other week. And if some people Are as sick as they say they are They need to go buy a coffin Cause death is looking in your window Every other day they got a sickness And I'll say something right here I'm off them notes I'm just preaching I'd be scared to death To use my kid as a a Excuse for not coming to church I'm telling you, some some folks need a flu shot, a vaccine, a vaccination, something. Because every other day they got a swollen toe, an ear infection, a bloody nose, a pink. I don't know. And what really gets on my nerves is these 24 hour viruses. We got a 24 hour bug, preacher. And it always hits them at Sunday morning, seven o'clock. But it's gone by seven o'clock Monday. I done went to meddling. This is illustrative preaching. I'm preaching on the plow. I just dropped it. Chunk the rock out. Grab your hoe. I just turned some dirt. Pain of the plow. I'll tell you something about plowing. Y'all get this. Boy, this is good. Oh I love this The more ground is plowed and tilled The easier it is The second, third, fourth, fifth time You go out there and you take ground How many of y'all have ever plowed somewhere Where they never had been anything There's so many rocks It's so hard You'll be going along finding and Boom you'll hit something You don't know what's under there but you take. I have. I had a place for my. Always have a place where my garden's gonna be. I replenish it. You know. I throw good. I, I mean, I, down when I was in election, I had a fella that worked for the city, and I couldn't put like roots. Uh, in it like I couldn't put my taters and couldn't put my onions and carrots and things like that but as far as vines oh I could use I'd get from the city of Lexington he'd bring me two dump truck loads and just boom right in the middle of my garden spot and I'd spread that stuff out I grew water. I grew a watermelon 42, 42 pounds that year and it was so sweet and so good. I mean, it was just wonderful. But you know what? I've always put my garden spot in the same place. Why, preacher? Because it's so much easier the next time. That dirt just goes right over. It just it just tears right up. It's a so soft because it's not been neglected. Let me tell you why the preaching of the Word of God hurts you so bad. Because you ain't been here to hear it. <laughs> it's amazing to me. I can preach the same sermon. And somebody over here is going... And somebody here was going. And I'm the same man, same mouth, same tongue, same words, same points, same illustrations. One's happy and one's upset. What's the difference? That and over there had been under the plow a while. That and over there has been going to the beach and to the lake and playing golf and all that other stuff. Because the more it gets plowed, the easier the process. hmm that's good preaching right there. I, I'm telling you, even if I'm doing it, that was good, that was great. Number five. Number five. See, how many of them you got? It ain't 20. Shout. Number five, the precision of the plow. You can't just let anybody plow. I remember when I was a boy, my daddy had an old Ford tractor, and he was plowing one day, and he said, Come here, Jeremy. I was about six years old. I mean, I was just a little punk. He said, get on there. I want you to plow. And I got on that thing, and I plowed one row, and he kicked me off of it. Literally, literally. I'm not lying. Don't call social services. I'm 43. I think there's statute of limitations. He come up and get off that tractor, you dumb-dumb. We really need some of that back in this generation. You raising a bunch of sissy, pansy boys. Get that boy out, let him get some dirt in his fingernails. I am I am so chasing rabbits tonight. Daddy said, get off that tractor. I got off the tractor and when I got off I looked back and I'm telling you. I had been all over that field. I'd completely messed his row up. I mean, you look right to the right of it. It was so pretty. That ground was laid over and I had a zigzag mess going up through there. Why? Because daddy let a novice hold the plow. You can't just allow anybody to plow. You can't just allow anybody to grab a hoe or a tiller. My wife come out to the garden. And she wanted to till. And I was out there, you know, just, and I don't have one of them sissy boy jobs on the back. I have one of them old timers on the front. You know, I, I like that. Amen. Y'all can have that on the back if you want, but that takes all the fun out of tilling. I got one of them front tying tillers. And I'm working and going up through there on that corn, and it's standing about this tall. And I'm going up through there, and I'm just laying that dirt over just so pretty on them root systems. And here I'm going, and I'm taking my time and precision. And Rebecca walks out there, and she's standing. And she's just, you know, amazed. She's like, that looks like fun. Yeah. And against my better judgment, she walked out into the dirt and she said, honey, let me try that tiller. I said, honey, I'll be done in a second. No, let me try. Let me and against my better judgment. I let her have that tiller. I said, now listen, you gotta work that thing right now. You don't be run-. And I'm telling you, she took off and before mm, before I could get her hand <laughs> off the throttle, she went through about five feet of my corn. You say, Brother Jeremy, what are you talking about? You can't just let anybody plow. You can't just let anybody till and hoe. Somebody hear the preacher? A plow in the hands of some would make a mess. A hoe in the hands of some would destroy. A tiller in the hands of some would destroy. Th- a plow needs Precision. No wonder Paul told Timothy in chapter 2, verse uh, 2 Timothy 2, 15, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You ought to thank God that you've got a man that knows how to handle the plow. I've heard him preach enough to know he can preach the truth and make you feel good about it he can preach the truth and when you leave out of here you say he told me that because he loves me I've heard some men preach the same truths and I walked away saying man, are they mad at everybody? did they have gunpowder in their cereal this morning? I mean, what's up with it? aren't you glad you got a preacher who preaches the truth in love? he knows how to handle the plow we got men in this country that are so liberal they won't drop the plow and then you've got some men that are so legalistic that when they do drop the plow they ain't nobody left. Mm. A plow demands total commitment. You can't have one eye on the plow and one eye on something else. You got to be committed to it. Preachers got to be committed to seeing the job through because once you lay down the plow you know things will never be the same. Man, I've preached messages before, and I knew when I started preaching, oh, I knew things were going to change. Either business was going to pick up or somebody was going to head out. I just knew it. The plow was going to make the difference. Then number six, and this is it. The prospects of plowing. Sow to yourselves in righteousness. Reap in mercy. Break up your fallow ground. For it is time to seek the Lord till he come and reign righteousness. See, that's the prospects. The fact that you got a preacher tonight that plows it right and stands on the Word, that means that this building's not only filled, but God's going to fill that building. Amen. And his song leader tonight testified about when he got born again here nine years ago. How many of you have been saved at Calvary Baptist Church? Raise your hand. You've been saved at Calvary Baptist Church. Look at that. Ain't that a blessing? And that's on a revival night. If we did that on a Sunday morning here in the bus church, they would be numerous. What a blessing. You know why you're saved? Because you had a preacher. Romans chapter 10 teaches us without a preacher. I've never known a day in my life without a preacher. I was born in a preacher's house. I've never known any time in my life when I didn't have a Bible in my hand. I'm so thankful for that. My blessings, all that I have this evening, I owe to the fact that I had some men of God in my life that were not afraid to put the plow in. Bible says this in Psalm number 126. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth bearing precious seed shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Amen. Luke 10, 2. The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. John four thirty five: Lift up your eyes and look. The fields are white already to harvest. But if you don't let the preacher plow, there ain't going to be no pickings. God help you So many churches and so many congregations Are muzzling their preacher And not letting him speak Not letting him say what God wants him to say You turn that man loose Turn him loose let him, and, and preacher, you've got a great responsibility to not come out of that room with your words, but and you do that, I know that, but he comes out of there with the words of God, and you say, turn him loose, Lord, plow, preacher, go on, man of God, get your hoe behind that plow, and break up those clods so there might be some sinners saved. I was studying the life of Israel not long ago. We know there's three stages in the life of Israel, Egypt, the wilderness in Canaan. And we know what that's a type of in the believer's life. Egypt's a type of when you were lost. In bondage to sin. The wilderness is a type of that person who's backslidden or not walking in the spirit. And then Canaan is a type of that spirit-filled Christian. I study in this and looking at this and listen to me. In Egypt, do you know what their job was? They were in bondage and they were manufacturers of brick. In the wilderness... They weren't in hard bondage, but they were barely surviving. You'll not find anywhere, and this will help you, you'll not find anywhere in in Egypt or in the wilderness where Israel, the people of Israel, ever planted anything. They never became farmers until they got into Canaan land. They never started planting until they got into the Spirit-filled life. Do you know why we're not reaping the harvest in this generation? Because most of our church is either lost, still in Egypt, or they're backslidden in the wilderness. And there's very few people that are spirit-filled and reaping and farming and harvesting in Canaan land. I, I want a harvest. I want a harvest. I went to Thanks to Calvary almost six years ago. Started with next to nothing. Beautiful grounds. God bless the church had a great ministry there for years, but man, there wasn't nobody there. Nineteen people. And you know what? I begged God, Lord, give us a harvest. Give us a harvest. And you know why, you know why God's blessed that church in six years like he has? Because I've had some people that said, plow, plow it, plow it, plow it. Got two of my men here tonight. You know what? They love preaching. You love that man right there. You stand with that man. When he turns something over. Don't you criticize and complain. You go grab your hoe and you break up the clods. And you help that man. Look up here. When he makes it rough, you make it smooth. Did y'all hear what I just said. I, just, I, I said something to you. all When he gets in that pulpit and makes it rough, you make it smooth. Don't make him smooth over what he preaches. You smooth over what he preaches. You know, why, you know why churches split and churches have problems and churches get in a mess? Because the preacher ain't got nobody to stand with him. You know why some preachers don't preach the way they should? Because they know if they do, they're all by themselves. When you stand with this preacher, you liberate him. You liberate him to preach that book with a freedom and a comfort level that you can't even imagine. But when he's got more standing against him than he's got standing for him. Then he's hindered. And he's just fighting for his life. And in the meantime, your neighbors, your friends, your co-workers, and your family is going to die and go to hell. Because you won't liberate the plow. Just keep plowing, preacher. And you keep breaking up the clods. And when he makes it rough, you make it smooth. Thank God for a preacher that stands on the word of God. Let's stand all over the building Heads are bowed and eyes are closed Heads are bowed and eyes are closed I've tried my best tonight church to help you I've tried my best to help you and help this preacher I know the desires of a man of God I know, I know the desires Some of these men are praying over the preacher now There may be a bunch of you other men at Calvary Baptist Church Want to gather around your preacher tonight And pray that God would fill him with the power of God And that God will help him just keep on. You ought to pray for each church. You ought to pray for each other that you'll liberate him. That you'll liberate him. This altar's open tonight. While she plays, make your way down to this altar tonight and say, God, help us to always let the word of God have preeminence. To stand with that book, no matter what the world says, no matter what the community says, no matter what some of the brethren say. Calvary Baptist Church is gonna let the plow. Be preeminent, the word of God as a plow. The word of God as a plow. This altar's open, and I come get you some help.